Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Mindset Podcast, where we believe that in order to grow a successful business, you need just two things, the right marketing strategies and the right mindset. I am your host, Maria Bentz, and I am the founder of MBM Agency, a digital marketing company who helps service-based businesses grow their revenue using online strategies. And I am here to share with you all of my tips and pointers every single week when it comes to digital marketing and business growth. Today's episode is sponsored by our premium Wix templates. If you're totally stumped on how to build your own website, but can't afford to hire a designer, that does not mean that you should skip out on the important things in the process like professional design, sales formula copywriting, and search engine optimization. Our premium Wix website templates are created with marketing and sales in mind. And the best part is that you can have a professional looking and functional website in just under 24 hours. Our website templates are completely stress-free. They're easy to use, so that means no Photoshop or coding required. They are designed to convert based on our signature homepage formula. And they are ready to launch as soon as you are done designing. So if you want to check this out, get it at mbmagency.com forward slash shop and use the discount code mindset to get 30% off. Okay. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm super excited. I have Shannon Lee here with me today and we're going to talk all about selling. This has been a popular topic on the podcast. We've only had a couple of episodes, but when we do have the sales episodes, those have been super popular. So I'm excited to chat more with Shannon, but a little bit about Shannon Lee. Shannon is the win without pitching director of coaching and an unstoppable force of human empowerment. She spent a decade in senior marketing and communication roles in Fortune 500 companies before moving to a business development leadership role at a well-regarded Seattle design firm. She also spent four years at the Catapult New Business, where she worked with agencies of various disciplines and sizes, building and leading their business development programs. Her time on the front lines of agency business development, coupled with many informative years on the client side, has given Shannon a unique perspective into what marketers are looking for in agencies and what agencies must be doing in order to compete and win. And Shannon's empathetic and encouraging coaching skills have helped her clients translate the lofty win without pitching ideals into real behavioral change with lasting results. So welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to chat with you. I'm, I have an agency model myself, so I'm, I'm very excited <laughs> to chat and get your perspective. Oh, thank you, Maria. It is so good to be here. And I was noticing uh, that when I was kind of learning more about your podcast and your own agency that you run. And I love the way you describe this idea of growth mindset and having your marketing in order. And I'm really looking forward to digging in with you today. Yeah, me too. And thank you for that. Um, before we get started and kind of dive deep into the good juicy stuff, could you tell me a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey and how did you get to where you are today? 
Sure. Yeah. I think I kind of did the reverse of what a lot of people do. A lot of people start on the design, marketing, advertising agency side of the equation and then move to the client side. Mm-hmm. I did it the other way around and um, actually thought that I might be an ambassador to a foreign country one day. So I went wow. down the path of yeah international business and I lived abroad in Argentina and, and worked at the embassy in Buenos Aires and decided this is great, but I want to I want to go back home to the U.S. and live there. And I sort of fell into a public relations role for Cinnabon, world famous cinnamon rolls. If you've mm-hmm. ever enjoyed, mm-hmm. one oh of yeah, and, I have. Yeah, and uh, did a lot of crisis communication work there, and then made a move to um, AT and T Wireless, where I did investor relations and Safeco Insurance, where I did corporate communications and financial communications. So I was always hiring agencies to help with projects. And after all that big corporate experience and not trading it for the world, but realizing like this isn't for me, I decided that it'd be really fun to work for the design firm that designed the annual reports for us at the time. Mm -hmm. And I had a conversation with them and they said, Hey, come on, come on over, do sales and marketing. And I honestly had no idea what that meant, but I've always been one of those people that's kind of brave and jumps. And so I thought, let's do it. And I really found my calling in selling and business development. And I think it's really a noble pursuit if you do it right. And so then I spent, you know, a number of years on the agency side and met Blair Enns, who's the founder of Win Without Pitching, the company that I'm with now. And he really showed me a different way to approach selling that comes from Uh, a place of empathy and your ability to help that client and create a lot of value for them. And that's when selling really took off for me. So that's a little bit of how I got from, from here to there. I love it. I love how you said you really found your calling in selling. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because we chatted a little bit before we started recording, but I was telling Shannon that I feel like a lot of people that I've communicated with people that are in business, you know, new business owners, but sometimes even, people who have been in business for a while selling is something that scares people. So I love how you're like, this was my, you know, this was my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It can be scary and it can be cringeworthy and it can be all sorts of things. And I get that, especially for creative professionals and and people who run small businesses where it just feels like, Oh, I don't want to come across as a cheap salesperson. mm -hmm, There's another way mm -hmm. to do it. I love it. So I have a quick question for you before we get into the sales, the sales piece, but in your bio, it says that you have been given a unique perspective into what marketers are doing for agencies and what agencies must be doing in order to compete and win. So being an agency owner myself, I'm very curious, (laughs) what are your thoughts um, on what agencies must be doing in order to compete and win? Yeah. Such a good question and and one of the main tenets and beliefs of Win Without Pitching and even when I was on the client side and, and hiring agencies was this need to specialize, this need to really be clear about who you help and how and not in a generalist nature mm-hmm. that we can do all things for all people. So really those agencies that are winning and and who those marketing teams are looking for is somebody who can come to them and say, I can help you with this really specific problem. We're better at this than anybody else, whatever it might be. Um, Marketing to millennials or um, patient retention in 
uh, chiropractic offices, Mm -hmm. whatever it might be, but a very specific ask that really shows you understand their pain points and the challenges they need to overcome and a clear demonstration of the outcomes and the value you can bring um, if they're going to hire you to go on that journey. I love that. So really like niching down and being a specialist at something rather than a generalist. Yeah. And that can feel scary. Sometimes it feels like sacrifice to say no, but it, there's just uh, this delicious, deep competence that you build as an expert and the work I think becomes even more interesting as a Mm -hmm. result. And aside even from a narrow um, you know, market and, and discipline, it's, it's also really important to have a strong perspective on how you think the work should be brought to bear. Our perspective is in our name, win without pitching. We believe yeah. there is a way to do that. And so that's also what, what those on the client side are looking for is like, what's your opinion on this? What's your point of view? And, and they want strength and they want leadership. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that all makes sense. And I'm, I'm so excited to dive in deeper. So one of the questions I'm sure you get very often, and I've seen this common thread, is basically, how can we get comfortable talking about money in sales conversations? Yep. So the first thing that I really encourage all of my clients to do that I'm, that I'm coaching and just anybody is to please just be yourself mm-hmm. and view this conversation, let's call it the qualifying conversation, the first conversation you might have with a prospect as an opportunity to see if you can help and an opportunity to ask a lot of questions to get to the bottom of what's going on for them. And just just a conversation. You're not trying to sell them anything in that moment. You're trying to decide, hey, I want to see if this is a good fit for you and you want to see if we're a good fit uh, for the challenge you're trying to solve. And let's just have a real honest conversation about what's going on for you, what kind of funds you might have allocated, what kind of Mm -hmm. investment you might be looking to make, like who might be involved in making those decisions. It's, it's your ability to just sit down and talk with somebody in a transparent and empathetic way. That makes sense. Why do you think, why do you think a lot of business owners, you know, I've even been on the opposite end of sales conversation myself sometimes where you're talking, you're having a good conversation and you're like, okay, what's the investment? <laughs> yeah. And then as soon as it gets to that, it's like, uh. <laughs> yeah, I think because we bring our baggage to it, honestly, yeah. I think yeah. that we're, we're afraid to talk about the things that make us uncomfortable. And we go into this weird sales robot mode for whatever reason, maybe you got to make payroll and you're mm-hmm. nervous. Maybe mm-hmm. you're the kind of person that has the need to make friends. And so you don't want to offend anybody. You have to understand your motivators and the baggage that you bring to it and have a little chat with yourself mm-hmm. ahead of these conversations to just recognize that and honor that and say, in this moment, in this conversation, I'm going to do better and I'm going to release that baggage. And help yourself out. So when you get to the place where it's time to talk about money, I I just role-played this with a client literally two hours ago. He did a brilliant job. He said, okay, we're at that point in the conversation where we have to talk about money. It always makes me uncomfortable. I'm getting better at it, but but I hope you'll kind of allow me to ask, have you allocated funds for this project you want to work on? I loved it. Yeah, right? it was, yeah. He was owning his own, his own vulnerability. And that's what it's about. 
Yeah. And I can imagine, imagine myself in that conversation when you're like, okay, you hear it and you're like, okay, yes, you know, they have this much allocated to it. They're looking to invest this much. Um, I, I can see how that question can kind of lead into it being a little bit, you know, less nerve wracking, I guess you can say. Yeah. And I think I like to get the word budget out of there altogether because okay. that feels tactical to me. Yeah. Um, and I want to think about like, you provide so much value to your clients. I want them to think about what you do as an investment. So I do try mm -hmm. to flip that language and say, what, what kind of an investment were you planning to make? Have you allocated funds and just try to get the, the budget word out at the door altogether. Cause I think sometimes the word choice can get you a little hung up. Too. That makes a lot of sense because even working like with us, right? We're a web design agency and it definitely is an investment. It's not something, you know, just a little bit. So that makes sense. At, you, the way you speak about it already will have a different per perception that people will see on the other end, right? Yeah. And I, I love that point about how people feel on the other end, because a lot of times they're equally as nervous, right? Mm -hmm. They think, oh, I'm talking to somebody who knows a way more than I do about this. And I want to come off looking good too. And they have, you know, their goals they're being held accountable for. And like the minute you help them feel like you're on their side and you're going to try and help and you show some vulnerability, it goes a long way. And we should remember that sales conversations can be messy and that's okay. And mm -hmm. even if you fumble through it a little bit, that's okay. It's always okay to go back and say, Hey, I didn't ask that quite the way I wanted to, or I totally forgot to ask this. Mm -hmm. Can you, you know, give me a mulligan, you know, whatever the case is. Yeah. So on our podcast, we have, we definitely have a variety of different listeners. Um, but let's chat with the newer business owners right now who may have started a business that's a side hustle mm. or maybe they just stepped into it full time. Those business owners, how can they build confidence to have better sales conversations? So the first thing I would recommend is the idea of mindset and getting your head in the right place before you have any sort of conversation. And so it's a, it's a simple point of process that does require some discipline. Okay. Book 10 or 15 minutes before a sales call to go into a quiet room and to just clear your mind and have a little chat with yourself about your ability to, you know, lead a good conversation, get your questions in order that you want to ask, mm -hmm. feel like you're getting yourself organized and prepared. And we have a, something called the Jedi mindset. It's a mantra that says, I am the expert. I am the prize to be won. Not the other way around, not you're the vendor and the, the clients, the prize to be won. And it then further says, not everybody will follow and that's okay. And so there's a level of like emotionally detached from this. You're not going to win everything and you don't want to because you want to work with those who believe what you believe and will let you lead in the sale. And really give yourself that time to go in with a clear head and confidence and focus. And I think if you can carve that time out before a sales call, you'll see a big shift in just your, your ability to be calm and to be listening and asking good questions and at the end, give yourself some time to do a little self-assessment. How did it go? What would you have done differently? Did you forget to ask anything you need to follow up with? And if you made assumptions because you were afraid, you know, why didn't you speak up and, and remind yourself of, okay, I'm going to do this a little better next time. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's a little bit of taking care of yourself before and after these calls that can help. 
I, I love that. And the mindset piece, I agree with that 100%. That's actually one of the big reasons why we named the podcast, the marketing mindset podcast is because I feel like there's so much, you know, the marketing and sales aspect, but the mindset is such a huge piece in building your business. And I can attest to this, um, before I started kind of my mindset journey, if you will, there's such a huge difference in my sales conversations from before and then after I started really paying attention to that. Yeah, it is critical. And I, I love that as well, the name, the marketing mindset, because we all have a choice, right? And I think working from this abundance mindset, this attitude of experimentation, this um, knowledge that like, it's okay to fumble a bit and be human and be on the lookout for helping others and showing up, you know, in, in your best way and recognizing if you're having a bad day and don't get on the phone that day to have a sales mm -hmm. conversation. Um, it just is such a, it's a much more fun way to work and to sell. I love that. And then speaking of mindset, do you have any mindset books that you would recommend? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I actually read Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg a while ago. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know if I would say that was mindset as much. It might be. It just, it really was a great way to kind of think about reframing language and reframing the way you think about conversations that can be either uncomfortable, like a sales conversation mm -hmm. or you know, uh, something you have to confront that might be hard with a current client and you're a little bit afraid of like, uh, I don't want to offend ah, somebody. This might yeah. be a hard conversation. So that one's kind of cool. Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. I have never read that one, but I, I love <laughs> words. Um, right? if that makes sense. Like, cause I know words are so powerful and, um, yeah. that I definitely have to get that on my list. Yeah. What about if someone just really hates to sell, right? Or maybe they're, they think they hate it. Uh, maybe they're just uncomfortable with it. They're new to it. How can someone learn to love it? Well, I think it has a lot to do with setting yourself up for success, first of all. So to me, that begins with being well positioned, being clear that what you're selling has value. So you get excited about wanting mm -hmm, to talk mm -hmm. about it. I think the other piece of it is you need sales training in a lot of cases and you need frameworks to work from because some people have natural sales skills, but for it, for the most part, there there is a need to build some expertise there just like anybody else or any other discipline you go into. So I think seeking out some sales training and understanding like what's the purpose of a qualifying conversation? How do I guide one? Mm -hmm. How do I run a proper closing meeting? Learning some of those things so that you have this great toolkit to draw from builds confidence. And also recognizing that it is, it is really in a lot of cases just a conversation that you're having, like I was mentioning earlier, that you're not trying to be slick or convince. Like that's a big thing. People mm -hmm. think they have to go into convince mode it's never your business to convince anybody to buy anything from you. Yeah. Your, your job is to just relay your expertise and then let them see if it makes sense. Right. So mm -hmm. those are some of the things I would recommend. Yeah. I love what I'm hearing from, from just everything that you're saying is basically when you're having these conversations with people, 
just have it be like you're having an, a, a natural relationship, you know, meeting a new person, talking to them as a human being and not just being like, okay, I need to sell this. I need to sell this. But I love how you're, from what I'm gathering from you is just to get to know them, get to know their needs, see if you can help and see if you can be a good fit for each other. Not necessarily being like, I need to sell this right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It removes so much pressure when you don't feel like you just have to sell it and close it all on one phone call or one zoom session. Mm-hmm. And, and you also have to be okay just saying no sometimes because not everything is a fit and no is a perfectly acceptable answer. And I think we don't do it enough because we're hungry for the work or we don't want to offend somebody. And, and a great way to do that is at the end of a call, if it's not a fit, just to say, Hey, it was so great to talk to you today, Maria. I'm not seeing a fit for this project this time around, but I sure would love to stay in touch for the next time around if you're open to that. Mm -hmm. And if you can kind of gently send them on their way, your integrity is intact. Everybody feels good about things. They felt like they've been dealt with in an honest measure Mm -hmm. and the doors open for the next time around. I love it. And that that is such a good way to say it where it's not offensive, but it's Mm -hmm. very professional and it makes sense. Um, So my next question, kind of my last sales question for you, which is funny to follow this up with. (laughs) what I just said about having a natural, a real relationship on the sales conversation. But I was wondering, (laughs) is there a certain sequence that you follow in your sales calls? Yeah, definitely. Um, We, we at Win Without Pitching view it as a journey the buyer goes through. And so there are four conversations that happen in the arc of the sale. The first conversation is called the probative conversation and it happens without you even being there. This is when your great clients are referring you and bragging about you, or you write a great piece of thought leadership and somebody reads it and thinks, man, they know what they're talking about. So I'm going to call and see if they can help me. That's where it kind of all begins. So hopefully when people find you, they're coming to you and and you're a little bit warmed up and qualified and viewed as an expert in their mind. Um, That doesn't always happen. That's okay. That's just kind of in an ideal world. Then you have a qualifying conversation. This is where you're vetting that lead to see if there's a fit between your expertise and what they need to get done. On that conversation, you wanna, you wanna understand not only their need, which might be a website, but their want beyond that need. Then you wanna know who's the team involved in making the decision. Have you allocated funds? What's the time frame to start? So you're kind of collecting the basics to see if there's a fit, to see if you should take a next step together. Mm-hmm. The next conversation, this becomes a little more complex, but it's the value conversation. So we're trying to move our clients off of pricing all the time based on time and materials mm-hmm. and pricing more based, based on value and the outcomes they're going to provide. That, that conversation takes some, some time and practice, but that's oftentimes the next conversation in this arc of the sale, mm-hmm. which if these things go well, it alleviates pressure in the closing conversation and makes the closing conversation more about facilitating a choice of the options you put in front of them to decide how you're going to work together. Mm-hmm. So we do have this, this path and this framework that it, it helps to keep you organized. It helps you to understand where the buyer is in their journey to meet them where they are with the right kinds of tools and behavior mm-hmm. and language and conversations. So to kind of, to summarize that, so first is they kind of get to know you a little bit, kind of that first communication. Is that correct? 
yeah, what, what I was calling the, the probative conversation where they yes. might read an article that you wrote or get referred into by a client who loves you. And then the second is qualifying. You see um, what investment they have allocated. You see the time frame, all of that to see if you're a good fit. And then you go into really, I feel like the meat and potatoes, right? Yeah. Yeah. This value conversation, this idea of, okay, based on what you shared with me around what your like ideal future state is, we build the website, but maybe it's even more than that. Maybe mm -hmm. it's really revamping um, your approach to e-commerce, right? So mm -hmm. how are we going to measure that success? How will we know it's successful? What metrics mm -hmm. might we attach to it? And then what might be fair compensation if we're able to meet these metrics? So you're, you're not writing a proposal yet. You're just still talking about the client's needs mm -hmm. and you're trying to get a sense of like, what's the budget range and how are we going to measure success? And then you're going to go back to your office and come up with some options and prices and, and strategies for how you might solve it, which then you present or walk them through uh, in the closing meeting. Yeah, that makes sense. And that is helpful. Um, and how can people work with you in 2020? I know you guys have win without pitching. I feel like those who are looking to learn more about sales, that is just the perfect opportunity. Yeah. Th thanks. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, we, we have a, a virtual workshop that we're running in September that you can learn more about on our website at winwithoutpitching.com. And we have a boot camp to help with getting your positioning order in order, which kicks off in October. And then we also do one-on-one -on -one coaching. So if people are interested in that, they can reach out and I'm, I'm happy to share more about what a one-on-one -on -one coaching engagement looks like. Awesome. That sounds awesome. I got to get the link to the workshops and I'll have to include that in the podcast show notes. Great. But thank you. You're welcome. Before we go though, where can people connect with you online? So you can catch me on LinkedIn, certainly. Um, I'm Shannon with a Y, S-H-A-N-N-Y-N, <laughs> just like Maria with a Y. Yep, that's um, how I always introduce myself, Maria with a Y. <laughs> Maria with a Y, exactly. Um, or you can email me at Win Without Pitching. I'm, I'm happy to share my email address is Shannon at winwithoutpitching.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having the conversation with me today. It was Awesome. I mean, I know our members, our, our listeners will be able to learn so much from it. So thank you so much. You bet. It was great to talk with you, Maria. Thanks for having me on. You are welcome. If you've enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button if you haven't already and leave us a review with your main takeaways from this episode. But thanks again for joining me today and I will catch you next time on the Marketing Mindset Podcast.